We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bandujo. As always, we are also brought to you by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, and this being a patron's movie of the month episode, I want to shout out our newest patron, Classic Stadium Fire, who is also our sponsor for this patron's movie episode. Classic Stadium Fire laser-cut stadium models are just, like, to me personally, just the most awesome piece of sports memorabilia out there. Creator Annie Lossick has been obsessed with stadium architecture and how so many great memories are linked to the places where we play and watch sports. At Classic Stadium Fire, Andy recreates sports venues from Little League to the Big Leagues as 3D laser-cut and engraved models hand-assembled from finished maple. I've got a model en route uh, for Rosenblatt Stadium that I can't wait to hang in my office. Rosenblatt is very special to me. I went to the 08 College World Series. Uh, that was the the Fresno State just miracle team, basically. Um, so th- that's something that really resonates with me. And Andy does on his you know on the Classic Stadium Fire store. He's got that Rosenblatt model. I cannot wait to hang it in my office. Going to be needing Target Field as well. Uh, go Twins. This is the year, folks. This is the year. Uh, even if your favorite ballpark and arena isn't listed among the 50-plus models already available, and he's got every, I mean, MLB, NFL, college football, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Andy will work closely with you to create a one-of-a-kind custom order in a range of different sizes. His art is in the homes of big league legends and former college national champions and uh, pretty mediocre podcasters like your boy. Find Classic Stadium Fire on Etsy.com and use promo code BIGSCREEN to save 10% today. That is promo code BIGSCREEN, all one word, 10% off. That link is going to be in the show notes. So along with our episode sponsor, Classic Stadium Fire, shout out to our show producers. That's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all our patrons for supporting this show. If you go to patreon.com slash sports, you can get a say in what this show covers. And that, that kind of leads us into you know today's episode. Our patrons selected a movie that's about extreme skill, intense competition, just an all-time classic. Of course, I'm talking about Beer Fest. 
Caroline Darney and Mike Golick Jr. Gangs back together. They're returning. Let's dive in. Talking Beer Fest. All right, returning to the show for the Patrons Movie of the Month, brought to you by Classic Stadium Fire, custom-built laser-cut sports venues. It is some of my favorite co-hosts in the world. It is Michael Jr. and Caroline Darney. Mike and Caroline, welcome back to Big Screen Sports. I could not be more excited to talk about the movie than I am right now, <laughs> which I feel like I say every time I come on the podcast, though. It's a testament to the choice of movies on this podcast. Uh, last time, uh, last time we were all grouped together, we were talking about Palm Springs, a movie that at the end is very beautiful, very sweet. Um, tonight, we're talking about a movie where the uh, the paddle side of a ping pong handle gets shoved up a guy's ass. So, uh, Same, just great sweet. stuff. Shitting, great stuff. Shit <laughs> pancakes is sweet in its own right. <laughs> Before we get into it, uh, Caroline, where can the people follow you? What are you up to for March Madness? Yeah, so my Twitter is at CW Darney on Twitter, and you can find a bunch of really, really fun, awesome content over at Bet for the Win. So if you go to forthewin.com, you can backslash category, backslash Bet for the Win, or you could just click through the link on the main <laughs> site. But we've got a ton of really fun stuff coming up with Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, so really excited. We've had a good good week, and I think the tournament's been really fun, minus the refereeing, and they should all be shot into the sun because it's been terrible. <laughs> But otherwise, it's been great. And Mike, what's next on the uh, the cooking IG lives? Uh, yeah, we're thinking braised short ribs uh, for that Ooh. one here. Again, the cookbook is You Can Sit With Us from my friend Nicole Gartner. I just did the uh, sausage and egg bake today, and it has taken every ounce of my strength to not eat the entire pan today. It looked beautiful, Mike. You did a really nice it, job. It did. Yeah, oh. it looked it looked just like the picture. And yeah. I have I've purchased the cookbook. I am gonna dive into the hash this weekend, that Ooh, breakfast hash. Yeah. You're so. you're not gonna be disappointed. And uh just to piggyback off Caroline's point, the referees in the Notre Dame Texas Tech game should be ashamed of themselves. That was a travesty, a sham, and a mockery. It was a travis sham mockery. <laughs> that was a goaltend. And I'm just gonna say it. Thank you. Because if yeah. I say it. I'm biased. I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this has been the fun part about, like, the one fun part about not having your team in the NCAA tournament is I'm like, chaos, freaking out. Like, I can just whatever <laughs> I want. And it's like, <laughs> just, just totally Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, 100%. Say, I have my St. Peter's Peacocks t-shirt coming from home field, like, any day now. Can't wait. Oh. Strut up, was... baby. I was actively rooting against Arizona to lose. They're my national. I filled out one bracket this year. It's the first time I've ever done one. And I picked Arizona to win. And at that point, I was like, I just want them to lose so I can go full Professor Chaos. Like, I just want to join the masses now that my alma mater's out of it. Yeah. Well, welcome to any – I pick Gonzaga. They're still in it, but – and also, speaking of fouls, that guy was, like, hip-checked at midcourt. Like, that was a foul. He should have been shooting free throws. If I were TCU fan, I'd just, like, cry forever. Like, you have – oh, my goodness. Anyway. Welcome to March Madness. Okay. <laughs> welcome to oh, March God. Madness talk. Hold, holding up uh, – holding I, – I married a I married a TCU alum, so just holding yeah, up my, my TCU. Kern Fergs. Yeah. <laughs> I really do appreciate – I love when, like, a school has – this is a great – visual uh, yeah. cue for an audio medium that we're doing here uh <laughs> any you know because both my parents went into state so i grew up doing the wolf pack the whole time and, like i really do love like you can do longhorns you can do like the you from miami like i do love a good hand you know it's like gesture. the thing here in Texas, though. Like every school has to have one. Like my small Division two school is like Falcons up. Like why? Why are we just just got to stop? 
<laughs> Got to stop I'm too many hand gestures. Doing that like, hey, Falcons <laughs> up, guys. Falcon, Falcons up. But you know what movie had a great referee in it? Beer Fest. Beer Fest had a great referee. Wonderful. The 2006 beer drinking comedy. Two brothers travel to Germany for Oktoberfest only to stumble upon a secret centuries-old competition described as a fight club with beer games. It was written, directed, and starring the Broken Lizard comedy troupe. Got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, but as we were talking before we started recording, this movie, over 15 years old, has endured among people of a, a certain generation, our generation, I this is as quotable a comedy from that era as has so many references that I, I think like Mike this one absolutely holds up. It, it does, and, and, well, and I think especially for like I don't know, like for for me and like a broy age college guy who was going to be at Notre Dame two years later, the amount of these things that were just part of the everyday. Because again, in an offensive line room in college football, you are fat, sweaty, and generally unappealing. So your charge <laughs> is to become witty and full of movie quotes. And Beer Fest was oft quoted in the Notre Dame offensive line room amongst the fats. I kind of want to, I kind of want to stay with you on that that offensive lineman <laughs> thing because you're typically offensive lineman. You're also a bunch of landfills. Yes. And I, I want to ask you: is, is 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 drinking beer a sport? Drinking beer is absolutely a sport, and much like we see in this movie, it is at its best when it is fueled by actual competition because that allows you to get drunk without knowing it. And that's the best kind of drunk is when all of a sudden you take a bathroom break, you look deep into the mirror, and you have that moment of realization where you go, oh, my God, I'm blacked out right now. I need to <laughs> reel it good. back in. Yeah. Beer drinking is absolutely a sport. And, and Caroline, much like much like just normal professional sports, like football, baseball, whatever, the, the pros are, are different. It's, it's, it's like being with, it's a di different level. Like we had, we had Tyreek Hill get traded today. Like the, there are Tyreek Hills of beer drinking, just different, <laughs> different levels. Like, do you have, do you have a best drinker ever that comes to mind for you? Like, I feel oh, like we gosh. all have one. Um, that's like asking, like from my, look, being in the Navy, you're like surrounded with them. Oh, <laughs> you really kind of do like. You, you it's like the NFL fly. combine. The yeah, and then because I will <laughs> just, say my, just guys putting up guys putting up four one forties. Yeah, like we uh we had a pretty good beer pong tournament one time on a on a debt site. That was a good uh but well we also people played beer pong in an undisclosed location where there was no beer actually and they played rip it like the uh energy drink like the off brand oh, energy wow. drink they played rip it pong. Don't recommend. They said it was the worst. <laughs> Physically seems uh, seems bodies. tough on the old uh, old heart. The old ticker, not great. <laughs> um, I will say the because this is where I have a really stupid emotional attachment to this movie, which is the dumbest thing to have an emotional attachment to. But every when I and this is it's not a podcast unless I tell you a flight school story. So I yes. was in flight school. <laughs> fall of 2007 so this had come out pre like a year prior or whatever and every tuesday at Bayerta's on blue angel parkway right off of blue angel parkway it was right next to a waffle house ducks it's a nice florida pensacola establishment so there's got to be a waffle house there and uh every tuesday they had dollar tacos and like half off margaritas so we'd like 
go across the street to this place and have a bunch of tacos and a couple of margaritas. Go back to my buddy Devin and Rob's apartment. Basically, everyone lived in this one apartment complex. And we'd play. I was trying to figure out what the game was. Um, it was like a Mario Party-esque type thing. Mm. Um, yeah, and, but I can't remember if it was on Wii because if Wii, I don't think it was at, anyway, I was trying to do the math on like Wii, when Wii came out. It was like a whole thing. But we'd play that or beer pong like in their apartment every Tuesday. I'm telling you for like probably two months and we'd watch Beer Fest when this like, We'd play beer pong, watch beer fest, and then play this Mario Party game after having dollar tacos and margaritas with Bayertos. So it just was like, that's what we do. And it was completely normal. Not one person was like, do we want to switch movies? Nope. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go. <laughs> nope, we're watching beer fest again. And so I'm trying to think if there's like one. There probably is like some superstar. Honestly, anyone that can drink tequila is probably my superstar drinker because that's... Yeah. I smell it and we're the fun thing about beer fest and the, like what you guys are talking about. Beer fest is one of the last DVDs of our lifetime. that got a ton of run. Yeah. Like an absolute ton of run before streaming. Like this is when you had to have it. Yeah. We weren't throwing it on Netflix or Hulu. Like I watched it today on Hulu. Like you had to like put that bad boy in the machine. (laughs) To, to really like underscore how quintessentially white and bro I was in college the last DVDs of true value in my life were this movie and the entire Entourage series on DVD. Oh, yeah. oh, that, we oh that was an automatic. Religiously. Oh, God. Oh, that, I mean, that, that, uh, the Entourage box set had yeah. to make the trip with you to college. Like, that was, it was essential. That was up there with, like, you need a comforter and a toothbrush. Yep. Like, gotta have, gotta <laughs> it's have. Like, it's in the shower, like, Teddy. <laughs> Did every guy in the dorm, like in the apartment, have their own copy of it? You know, like everyone shows oh, up. Oh yeah, like, they're all next to each other in your living room, shared space, like making sure that you labeled yours. Mike's copy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, one of the most common phrases upon walking into to someone's dorm in college is like, "Oh, is it, is this when they get met, Ian? Is this, is this that episode? <laughs> <laughs> this oh. is when I get broed out. I usually can bro it like whether this is." Entourage was a bridge too far for you, girl. I was like, what is the appeal of this? <laughs> they're, well, they're all rich, and Vinny's like the one yeah. who makes it. And like, like, turtles everyone's got funny. a turtle. But, like. but, it's, but it's really about friendship, man. It's not about the movies <laughs> they're making. Chicks are so hot, though, so it's cool. Dude, this this could be us, man. Like, it, <laughs> The amount of college guys that had to have that exact conversation of, bro, listen, this is basically us. Like, everyone's like, I'm like the, you're like the turtle, you're like the E. Oh, I hate, I hate it. I'm laughing, but I definitely had my own stuff that was like this, so like, it's fine. On the same vein with Beer Fest, though, like, how many times do you watch this, and it's like, oh, we're we're all, we're gonna, we're gonna go over to this guy's house, we're gonna get the garage, we're gonna get this all set up, we're gonna have our own Beer Fest, and it just turns into 18 dudes just playing a shit ton of beer pong and acting like idiots. (laughs) It brings up a good point. Has anyone actually ever, in this chat or otherwise, finished a beer Olympics because I will maintain that no beer Olympics ever finishes. It just devolves into yard drinking. 
Every it just time. peters out. Yeah, <laughs> everyone gets out. tired and forgets how to keep score. And then someone like I, I went to a beer Olympics last year. My brother and his wife put it on. We are 32 and 31 years old. <laughs> and midway through, we were all, my brother was shirtless cooking burgers. And as soon as he brought them down, we abandoned everything about the competition, mowed down food with his dog, and then just went to normal drinking and watched like the like the Bruins play. <laughs> I like HGTV. You're like, have you seen this one? They flip this house. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the like the big difference out. with Beer Fest is Beer Fest has the sober ref in the middle of it. Like, I'm going to talk about the ref later. Ref is a commanding presence in He's this He's got room. that like, hat, man. Command oh, respect. I, listen, that I would, I mean, Mike is a guy who went to Notre Dame. Like, the fact that you don't have that hat is is astounding. The crime. What if Willy Wonka went to leprechaun school? Is that referee? <laughs> and, God, it's a miss by me. Oh, man. So so this one, I will say, like, sports movie. It's got an underdog story. You get a team together, training montage, arch rivals. Got a big chill moment. Like, it's there. Mike, is this a Hall of Fame all-star starter bench former sports movie? Uh, to me, it's Hall of Fame. Like, you even get now, it, it leans fully into that at the end when they're huddled up before the boot off, when he's like, this is the part of the movie where they would put this up on the Jumbotron to get the crowd hype. And I was like, that is definitely a man who is not just like acting like he has gone off Goldschlager. He is 100% put the gold in his gut. So yeah, Hall, Hall of Famer for me, it, it's quotable. I still laughed really hard at so many of the parts. I found so many little lines that I did not notice through the first time going into this that absolutely knocked me on my ass and Will Forte forever. If Will Forte is involved, it's got a high degree of being involved as called a Hall of Famer by me. Caroline, Hall of Fame all-star starter bench warmer. I gotta go Hall of Fame. Again, like this is like one of those, like I consider myself a pretty smart person. (laughs) This is one of those that people be like, what? This is in your Hall of Fame. I'd be like, yes. It started the promo clip for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It started. And that's I literally like no one had said anything. It was the opening credits and they cracked the beer in the opening credits (laughs) and then comes in on the poker scene. And I just started laughing. And that's what I, or it wasn't poker. It was the, the quarters thing. And I just started laughing and texting you guys. Like nothing has happened. Like no one has said anything. And I am like in tears laughing. Like I just cannot, this movie just absolutely it's so ridiculous. It it's, <laughs> should not work in any way whatsoever. And it is hilarious. I just can't. I just think about it and start laughing. And it's just that to me makes it a Hall of Famer. And again, yeah, Will Forte. There's so many people actually that I kind of went through and was like, is that MC Ganey? <laughs> like right, from, you know, right out the gate. And obviously we know the Broken Lizard Group from Super Troopers. And, but um a couple like the whole like german crew were all like you know guys who have been in a ton of other stuff too so it just um i was gonna say like i don't know how they got cloris leachman to agree to this but it probably wasn't a hard sell donald sutherland is in it donald sutherland like cloris leachman and donald sutherland like two of the most famous actors of all time. the man like plays the dad in pride and prejudice in the kira knightley version (laughs) and he's like (laughs) chugging and he's like and Leslie to me bros like what and then pulls his own cord <laughs> and then it's a part of the movie I like forgot in retrospect is this old man just chugging himself to death and <laughs> he's got a popo. 
Oh God! I mean, this movie just the plot. Like, we got to put a team together of the best drinkers to go like win beer kumite. Like, it's the best. It's the best thing ever. Like, oh man! Oh my God! I I want to do the IMDb trivia before we get into best scenes. Got to we're gonna steer the ship. We gotta so so uh, Jurgen. Okay, by the way, there's a ton of German names in this movie in the cast in the IMDb trivia. I'm going to butcher him, folks. Like, listen, I, be- I can barely speak English. Jürgen Prochnow, who the guy who plays Baron, Baron Wolfgang von Wolfhausen, so the head of like the German team, the old guy. In 1981, he rose to international prominence as a submarine captain in a World War II German film that translates to The Boat, a.k.a. Das Boot. So how fun is that? Oh, yeah. actually, having them again later in a in a submarine is probably a nod to that. Well, I was going to yeah. say that line has yeah. to be a reference of it's like the, they're in the German U boat, and he goes, "I had a bad experience on this before." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the movie is even more clever than you thought. Operation Steingraber. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which uh, that's in the I. That's in the IMDb yeah. trivia as well. Uh, no, no, no. Just something else. The, it's a name put together. I think that is a name put together from vulgar German words, according to the IMDb. Um, on the subject of that guy, David Hasselhoff was the filmmaker's first choice for Baron von Wolfhausen. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, it would have been really good. It would have been good. He's super. When I tell you, like, he's super popular in Germany, David Hasselhoff is very popular in Germany. <laughs> Like, I what? mean, shout out to the cameo in in uh, dodgeball when he's the yeah. German team's coach and he like yes, breaks yes. the picture of himself. So another random random Caroline story. So when I was uh, in middle school in the first year of high school, I was living in Germany, and so like they had you could go to the store and they would have like seat mostly like singles at the like that we could get at the little like local like grocery store, or whatever. <laughs> And they always had like a huge collection of like David Hasselhoff stuff. Like, he had all these like records and singles like over in Germany. It was like a huge, huge deal. <laughs> like don't hassle big. the Hoff, man. No, he's big in Germany. <laughs> Will Forte impressed the cast with his beer drinking speed. Again, like Will Forte forever. Yeah, legend. Of course. Love that for him. What can he do? Okay, I, I told you guys this before we started recording. This cast features three Oscar winners. Can you guys name them? So Donald Sutherland. No. What? <laughs> no Oscars wow. for, for Don. Well, first of all, that's a travesty. Yes, it is. The because Cor- he obviously I, I, deserved one for the Italian job. The Cloris Leachman? Cloris Leachman. Okay. Next two are tough. One, one was news to me. I knew of one, and one I was like, unbelievable. Kevin Heffernan. I mean, he just, for this movie, like, give him a nomination at least. Mm. Monique won Best Supporting Actress for Precious. Oh! And Nat Faxon, who is the third member of the German team, like, there's Forte, Eric Christian Olsen, and him, and then the two bodybuilders. Yeah. That guy was part of the team that uh, wrote the article, or wrote, wrote the screenplay for I believe the Descendants that won in 2012 Best Adapted Screenplay I wow. think or Best Original wow. Screenplay so that guy has a a writing Oscar. Do you think that was contentious on the? Well, I guess 2012 he got it later. Do you think Donald Sutherland was annoyed? <laughs> oh, as soon as, yeah, as soon as Donald Sutherland saw that he was pissed. Although he at that point he was like 
He was in that late stage, just like cash and checks. I mean, I guess in beer fest was late stage cash and checks too, but he was, he was cashing the hunger games money at that point. True. Very true. Which I'm sure oh, was great money. Crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love Donald Sutherland. Oh <laughs> my God. So when, when Jan and Todd are initially being led into the beer fest arena, the other members of broken lizard have cameos. So landfill is the, the German woman putting a human leg through yes. a meat grinder. Barry is the blind bearded man being st- circled by a singing boy on a tricycle. Oh, and it's, and, it's uh, Fink. It's Fink is Fink is the clown is the clown character with the strap on. Oh, oh my God! That's do you know how many times me and my friends would do that? Like in the lot, I miss you. Where he's just waving his arms like that. That was like quoted far more often than it has any right to amongst my group of friends. I miss you. The guys would do that to each other all the time. I feel like that's also like every American tourist that has never been abroad, that whole scene is preying on their worst fears of what going around in Europe is supposed to be like. Like, it's just dildos and shady underground factories. Yeah, just just going through a bunch of steel doors until you find some nonsense. The best was, like, when they went back, all the same people were doing all the same stuff. Like, another like the kids still circling him with the guy with the with the shot with the German shepherd. It's just hilarious. Oh my god. So good. Okay. Let's roll into into best scene. Um let's let's talk about that one right off the bat. The the first trip into Beer Fest. Uh it one Beer Fest just looks like the most fun ever. Like just being in the crowd for that. You got the rowdy British guys in there. Um, and then you're introduced to to Team Germany. Just a Caroline, a, a perfect, perfect first look at beer fest oh it's amazing because it's just like you (laughs) it's also too like a mix of games that you kind of recognize and then stuff that like you know you're like oh what's that (laughs) and just the parade of it all the show of it all and the intense is just i love that there's like the moments where they're kind of like oh this is like some fun thing and then the guy who brought them there gets like taken out back (laughs) it's shot and so it's just like all of this stuff at once. It it leans into, and I think it does, it does well. Like within the sense of like, there are a lot of stereotypes in this movie, like of mostly European and Australian and like whatever else. Um, and it leans into those, but I think it does it in like <laughs> it's just the drinking songs and like I guess that was more at the actual Oktoberfest part, where it's just like where they look at them and they're like, man, and I bottles of beer on the wall, and it's the truest <laughs> feeling is like every other place it feels like especially if you've gone to any sort of sporting event in another like in a european country like the coordinated chants and songs that go on throughout like at a you know premier league soccer match or any soccer match really or any other type of stuff and and this includes like drinking songs other nations have them and i just really don't think that we do (laughs) i'm i mean unless we count like uh mr brightside (laughs) which we should by the (laughs) way but it just was like such an hilarious intro like why are the swedish women in like vests and bikini bottoms like none of this makes sense it's just so I mean, totally that, absurd that was 2006 yeah that, yeah that made sense in, in 2006 yeah mike how much fun would you have at beer fest 
Oh, it looks like a blast. And I only want to go through, this is yet another reminder that if you can have a British commentator, it is always better. Every time I watch a Premier League match, I am always like, these people are ruthless and they get away with saying the meanest things about these players under the guise of the accent and having the British team be our ambassador to Beer Fest and walking us through all this is perfect. And they do the thing in this movie. I had a friend in college. Her name was Kate Newell. She played in the Notre Dame women's lacrosse team. And she would always say those bits of like sort of English slang. And I was like, Kate, you could make all this shit up and sell it to me with that accent. And I believe you. I was like, you could tell me you were taking your Briscoe to the fizzy wobbler and that that meant you were riding a bike to the library and I would buy it. And there is so much of that in this movie, whether it is real or concocted. I'm like, yes, I believe you sweet British bastards. <laughs> Both this movie and Eurotrip do the the gag that I will always go for, which is uh, someone like a British person just throwing out a bunch of words like that, and then just being like, "Yeah, I have no idea what you're saying," and it's so I love it. We're gonna put we're gonna put our skitters in your Alan Wickers, you plunker. <laughs> was a thing that they actually said in the midst of all that. Oh, that's I was like, there's something I saw recently that had that same fun trope, and it was Uncharted. And there's a big Scottish guy that threatens Tom Holland and what, Nathan Drake, whatever. And he says this, like, oh, da, 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 da. and he's like, I didn't get any of that. I don't know. <laughs> are you threatening me? Like, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Works for me every single time. <laughs> yeah. Something else that works for me every time is the scene this movie has is when you get the band back together. Anyone who has listened to this podcast for a long time knows I love when you get the band back together. It's my favorite thing. I once even wrote like a, I wrote a blog post for a website about how great it is getting the band back together. This one is great. Like where they find these people, Landfill's winning the hot dog eating contest. Fink is masturbating a frog and then, <laughs> and then lighting a cigarette. It's just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Uh, and then Barry's a male prostitute. We get, we get a lot in, in, <laughs> in that sequence. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and you almost get you get like one and a half getting the gangs back together because you get the initial one and then you got to get one later after after landfill and they just say like call me landfill too so it's not confusing and he told me all about you guys we don't need to get to know each other thing Oh, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, it was such a perfect device. And like only a movie this ridiculous could just effortlessly pull that off. I do in in the first getting the gang together, do you guys have a favorite one of the three of those? Because I think there are super endearing parts to them all, but I think I've got I, I think one rises above the rest. So the berry one, I think we always talk about the berry one the most because of the ZJ thing. <laughs> But in in retrospect, Landville talking about being fired by the by the brewery and, and they're like, someone died that day. Someone did die. did die. Me. What's going on? You kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard you got fired from the brewery. Goddamn brewery! You know they brew ten thousand bottles of beer a day. I drink forty five off the assembly line, and I'm the asshole. You know, Jim Tobelson said they had to call in a hostage negotiator. Yeah, well, Jim Tobelson's a fucking chatty Cathy. I did my three years up at the county pen. Made some friends, went Muslim, now I'm out. Praise Allah. I, um, heard that someone died that day. Yeah. 
Somebody did that that day. Me. Well, my favorite part of that one with him, too, is one, when they first run up on him, his initial reaction is fear. Like he looks a fit, genuinely afraid. And then the Hands Across America reference. <laughs> like just for some reason, propping hands. Uh, just a couple breaks in the yeah. chain. We almost had it. We were like, we were just, he was like, when was the last time I saw you? Hands Across America? Oh, that's what we were just saying. And they sing the song. Hands Across like, America. <laughs> But my favorite part of the landfill one is they start asking him, first of all, his name's Phil Crundle, <laughs> just incredible work. And they start asking him all those questions about like, you know, I heard someone died that day. Da, da, da. And he's like, oh, Jim Tollison said, whatever you went to. And he goes, Jim Tollison's a fucking chatty Cathy. <laughs> and there's just something about the delivery and like him using chatty Cathy that just absolutely kills me every single time. And he won't sign autographs for the people yeah. after. <laughs> the kids. When he throws, he throws the trophy. It's the well, balloon arch. And we, we also mentioned some of the stereotyping things in here that may not all age well. But the fact that all of Landfill's competitors in the hot dog eating contest were <laughs> Japanese. Like this was very clearly done at the height of Kobayashi's power in major league eating. Yes. So good. Oh, by, the, so good. by the way, though, <laughs> Mike, what was your favorite? My, my favorite was Barry coming into it. And it like the Z, like the ZJ line is just like all time canonical parts of broy, like funny pop culture. But again, this is another scene that had all of those like sneaky moments that you forget about. And when you get the other guy, Antonio, that comes wandering up and you see Barry beat him back off, goes back the fuck up, Antonio, my dick. <laughs> it's just like how far down the rabbit hole of being a prostitute he has gone was just like every part of that really Antonio the white guy in the crop top in the background made so much of that scene for after me after he picked up the quarter <laughs> he like carried it away oh my god I just I also just can't stress enough that Fink masturbates a frog <laughs> in this movie and then like lights the cigarette which is <laughs> So like that. Well, and then that he says, one... "I am a respected member of the science community." <laughs> so good, oh, God. so good. Um, okay, the next one. The next one I've got is when when Barry is the asshole. Uh, arguably the most realistic scene in movie history. If you want, if you want to really really dive into it, but uh, <laughs> the. The contrast between what he thinks is happening and what Monique is saying to him when they're they're having their their tryst. I'm gonna break your dick off. Just just murders. The the whole like, how do I get you out of those dry clothes and into a wet martini? That he says that woman. He's like, live the martini, and she's like, ah, get away from me. When when she puts the plastic bag yes. over his head, Gosh. Qu- quit squirming. <laughs> I, the part I forgot about was that I like my hot dogs with mustard on them. <laughs> it just, I am going to break your dick off was the line <laughs> that stuck with me so firmly after the first watching of this movie. It lives rent-free in my brain and will for the rest of my life. It's wow. so so good. This is a real so movie good. that was made. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, oh so it, good. It really it, everything about it, and like I said, it was 
that drunken moment of realization in a bar mirror that I cannot stress enough to me is always the most realistic part of any movie about drinking is when someone has that long, hard look where you are far from the edge of sobriety in some bar bathroom and there is no going back at that point. No amount of water can save you in that moment because you are already lost. Well, and Barry has the moment that also happens sometimes where he's, he looks at him like, oh, you sexy motherfucker when he's looking at the, the mirror. And like sometimes you'll like get in the bathroom and be like, I'm, I'm rocking it tonight. I'm in a good place. And then like the next morning you wake up and, and you just hear about like, yeah, you were you were just drooling. Like you had, you spilled something down the front of your shirt and didn't notice. Like you just realized like, oh, I actually wasn't suave and sophisticated last night. I was a fucking idiot. Oh, a little slap and tickle. That's all. That's another little slap and tickle. The next run of scenes, this movie, so being called Beer Fest, obviously leading up to this after the intro, like Beer Fest itself in this one is not a letdown. Like it is a yeah. lot of fun. They get their bang for their buck. Cause you get the, the montage first of like them getting to the finals in that regard. Then you get the USA versus Germany. And then you get the DOS boot finale. Like, so for, there's a lot of expectations placed on like how funny and how good is the actual beer fest going to be. And Caroline, I feel like it lives up to that. Oh yeah. And I also like, well, it was a little bit of a, um... You know, they get they get they fall behind uh, early to the Germans and come back to force the boot off. But it just the I love seeing all the different games because it's just hilarious. Like that's what makes it so funny, right? And it's like the the monkey chug is that one with the upside down one. <laughs> like all of these look miserable. All the way, this is like me in my thirties now, where I'm like, oh, I would be dead forever. And oh, they yeah. the boot the boot off is with like a dark beer. And this is the stuff now that I noticed that I did not pay attention to when I was like 22 in flight school watching this every Tuesday night as we drink like Miller Lights and stuff. Like one of those. And I'd be like on the floor. (laughs) And I'm definitely not chugging it. And so just like like, full, like you just ate a meal. Like, yes, knife and fork type beers. Like, and it just was like, it's so ridiculous and the this is where every single thing that will forte does he shines like every delivery of every you know and that's like earlier in the movie was like calling the grandmother a whore and like this whole thing that's just like so ridiculous it's just the delivery you know and like they're doing the i think it was the earlier beer fest scene too and they're doing like do it do it now kill me (laughs) (laughs) for predator thing but it's just it's so uh they have i don't even know everyone's name except for like landfill barry and i don't know i don't even remember the two like brothers names i just can never like but the guy that drank all the gold slogger to get them there which in its own right is i think a fantastic scene where it's like now i've been training like the and they they didn't believe the theory until they said it was published in maxim (laughs) (laughs) published in maxim magazine under eagles mc MC hammer Hammer. (laughs) it's like First of all, great title. <laughs> but like if he had said like, you know, New England Journal of Medicine or something, they'd be like, whatever, like who cares? But because he said Maxim, they're like, well, okay. Um but just like, wait they... in two thousand six. Well, yeah, I, they... I was gonna say for every like again, adult white male who got their hair cut in like some barber like local barber around their house, you had the magazine rack that basically had like Maxim and Sports Illustrated. And that was your choice of reading. Maybe Golf Digest mixed in there. So, (laughs) 
well, they get into Beer Fest through the Trojan keg. <laughs> he says it like it's a normal thing. Ah, uh, the old Trojan keg. Good move. Like just, but they ha- they haven't been drunk the whole time, which I think is so funny. Like he's useless to them in all of these competitions. Well, the pong with him and Barry at the end of it. Barry, you can pork my wife anytime. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. oh. Mike, which of these games are you going for? Like, what's what's Mike Golick Jr.? What's your best asset there? Well, and I think this is the fun part about all of those is none of the drinking games that we saw I was particularly good at because, like, I've never played that variation of beer pong. Like, the only game I played close to that was beer dice that operated in the same way. But the funny part about this is, and the part where I would have been most useful is serves to Caroline's point. Like there are two places where the relative lack of depth in American history shows up. It is in art and it is in drinking and the like drinking related <laughs> cultures because art overseas has been around for sometimes hundreds, thousands of years. Like these things go back to ancient, you know, uh, ancient coliseums and ancient dynasties. We have stuff since 1776. Like that, that's what we got for you as far as like, you know, the American colonizers that came over, not the, you know, local people that were involved in all that. But then in drinking games, so you've got all these drinking games that like Barry and them comment about. The coins are different and the flight path is there. No one's done a monkey chug. You've got all these different things. And then you've got them in the middle. And the turning point for the Americans is when they play fucking Thumper. It is when they go back to like the one game where we're all like, oh yeah, I can do that one. Like, of course I've done Thumper. So yeah, I'd have been I'd have been right in there helping us turn the tides when it came to Thumper. I also like the precision pour. I would be the pourer and the precision pour. I feel like I could do that too. The volume chug gives me anxiety. Like, oh, yeah. and obviously I know that they like they digit. I know they digitize all this stuff. And they don't all oh, drink that, and it's not that fast, whatever. But um, although in some of the outtakes at the end, I was like, they're drinking. They probably drank a ton on this movie, like a ton. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, this is also a group that met in college. Like they formed this, this comedy troupe in college. Like they've drank together a lot, just in general. They probably drank a ton when they made super troopers, drank a ton when they made this, but we got to talk about just Das Boot in general, (laughs) just what this movie, I mean, Das Boot has endured like crazy. There was a a tent at at Duke at the, the Cameron crazies, wherever they camp called Das Boot, a huge tent that they named it like it is something like the i was i was legitimately hyped when i turned on this movie like i just it makes me want to scream das boot like it is a it is part of drinking culture now like i've seen i've now seen people do a das boot and i i directly attribute it to this movie why does the last guy chug out of a shoe it's no shoe it's they, I did a a, tra- a debt to um, Crete, and they had like just nice restaurants on the like beautiful harbor that will serve you, you know, beer like light beer, whatever their beer in these in boots. So again, this is like 2009 or somewhere in there. So around like you know after I'd finished flight school, so it was like. Um, we're all like boots we can get boots we're just like the loud annoying american people that are like i want to drink my beer out of a boot which is completely unreasonable and not necessary 
and we obviously weren't chugging them so we didn't have to worry about like twisting at the end or whatever but it was just hilarious that like yeah those it's a thing that 100 i have as an adult consumed beer out of do any of us know why because I love the notion that this is a why because type moment where why is chugging out of the boot the central character of this movie? Because. Because. Just just because. We needed we needed like an arch villain in that regard. And we've got this this legendary boot that is huge. It does also give us the moment where Fink goes top me off and has a guy piss into <laughs> a shoe to display oh, the ability and the maneuver to beat the bubble. <sighs> Right that next to scene, a sink, too. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> right next scene. to a sink. That scene and and the ram. Oh, I can't. It's just <laughs> they're just, chasing oh. around the rams. Oh, I, I will cannot. say another hyper real scene. Guys drunk pissing at a trough like that. It's the great. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest feeling mankind can concoct. Like a a long that first seal breaking piss. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best. Mike, what is the best scene in this movie? Ooh. Did we miss anything? Have we missed any of your favorites? We haven't missed any of my favorite scenes. Like, I think you mentioned some of the montage scenes, that first day of training where they're trying yes. to drink the entire keg on their own and you have Barry wake up next to the, you know, the deer <laughs> with its throat eaten out. I think that one for me is near the top. <laughs> But honestly, it may be Barry's drunken night as the asshole. (laughs) Like that may be the one that endures for me here because I'm so drawn in this movie to the lines that stuck with me long after the end credits and the I'm going to break your dick off, the little bit of slap and tickle. Those were, again, things that just got regurgitated ad nauseum because of that scene. Caroline, what's the best scene in this movie? I like the training montage. Um, one because I just think that that's like when they go to the house party. Well, there's well, so the house party, Landfield dancing with his with his hood up is I don't know why like the funniest thing to me. Like just him like doing that move when he's got his hood like <laughs> cinched and so like unnecessary. Um, like you said, like when they're Barry playing was- the the like the never have I ever kind of thing oh, or whatever yeah. it is, and it's like drink, drink if you fooled around with coach or whatever, and landfill like discreetly drinks. And Barry looks at him, he's like, oh. Um, and well, the funny thing too is like, why would they know who all these people are? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it should be deck like at least a decade older than the rest of these like people. And they're just like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you hooked up with her, like that kind of thing. And so that just makes me laugh. But there's also this, I think I agree with Mike, there's more like small moments that have, so when Landfill races the the chalkboard at Fink's like off at the the hospital, whatever, whatever, like the lab, whatever. And he's just like completely just over there, like (laughs) like, (laughs) erasing parts of their research for no reason. And you don't do that. That always kills me. And then when they make the new beer and they're all saying like what they love about it, whatever. But <laughs> the wind berries like, I wish it was winter so we could freeze it into blocks and skate on it, then melt it in the spring and drink it. That always <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. I, I can't remember if it's this or it's the version that's free on Hulu or it's the unrated version when it's, one of them says, I want to put my dick in it. I want it to put its dick in me. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is in fact in the normal version and it is yes. iconic. 
It, I would, there are so many like small interactions that involve Fink and uh, Landfill to me that go over the top of it when they've got their version of the doll and Landfill's over there like pantomiming having sex with it. And Fink just looks over and goes, yeah, fuck it. Give it a rim job. Like, <laughs> like why? Because... Or when one of the, or when one of them says to one of the German guys, "Get bent, umlaut." <laughs> they, uh, that's also like just landfill holding the dog, like Popo. He's like, "Oh, so frustrating!" Like that, so we would do that all the like. I would sit my friend yeah. Devin, whose apartment we went to every time. Like we'd be studying, and we'd be like, "Oh, it's just so frustrating, so frustrating." We constantly. Um, so that one was up there, and then it, <laughs> the, the bubble. The bubble. <laughs> the bubble. The bubble. Gather up. All right, here's the thing. When you drink, the shape of the boot causes an air bubble to form in the toe. The bubble. Now, this air bubble shoots around the heel and explodes towards your face while you drink it. In your face, it explodes. It's virtually impossible it's to impossible handle. It's impossible to handle. It's unavoidable. Uh, the Germans know how to do it. Frankly, I find the whole thing a little frustrating because I, I can't figure it out. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Can you get the hell out of this house of me? Hey, hey, it's Popo. Sorry. He's like pointing at it, like just absolutely hilarious, like uh, just nonsense. And then at Landfill's funeral, I think is talking, and he's saying all those things where he's like talking about all the food he ate, whatever. And he says like one time he farted an entire plum. I was plum <laughs> surprised. How do we just this gloss over this? Is in the notes app in my phone now. Like that that quote, <laughs> it's in my phone. Oh also in that scene not regularly celebrate that and it just makes me think of i think you should leave in the coffin flop skit <laughs> when his body just falls out on top of barry and he's screaming underneath far or i call farva landfill's corpse <laughs> same thing yeah, it's to say i've almost called him farva so many times in this podcast oh but when he's just writhing underneath landfill's corpse i can't it's incredible. I the the moment where Barry wakes up that Mike referenced after the training montage yeah. for me is is the the single funniest part of the movie because one I had like forgotten about him, but just like the the fact that you just see him he's covered in blood. blood. It is a deer with its neck ripped out. Not again. <laughs> Not again. It's just, it's just absolutely absurd. I also really it's so good. I really like when he leads them back to the like when they get there and they have no idea how to get back and he starts chugging the gold schlager and he's got the like gold all over his mouth <laughs> and he's like oh i got it and he does like this like sassy walk ahead of them and stuff and then he gets to the door and yodels the whole thing he's like no that was last year's password <laughs> shuts I think I'm going with the getting the team together is is the best scene. Just those those three when what is when landfill says when he's talking about getting fired from the job, it's like they make you know fifteen thousand beers a day or something. What are forty three? I drink forty five of them. <laughs> also, we didn't even mention the like um, when he says the like if you got to ask big guy, you can't afford it. If you have to ask big man, you can't afford it. Just and when they go into oh man, yeah, look at the size of this graduated cylinder when they go into like the training area. Thousand milliliters. <laughs> they're all looking at the various things that they're so excited about. I mean, oh, the question is, is it impossible to pick a best quote from this movie? Yes. 
Yeah. Picking a single best quote. The thing mm. I might say more than anything in this movie, just randomly, one, because you can actually like say it in public, is, but this is Grandpapa. <laughs> this is Grandpapa. <laughs> I, I, I think it's between... It's between two for me. It's the ZJ line because it has been requoted many times, many ways. But Will Forte saying, What's the American word I am looking for? Whore, hooker, prostitute, <gasps> slut for money. Like that, slut for money, again, was one of those things that just that is beaten into me. And when I am chugging myself to death before pulling my own cord on my deathbed, that will probably be the last thing I say. Not a bad thing to go out with. Everything Will Forte says is just the absolute funniest to me. Um, he also, when they come into the bar and they're like, hello, Dirty Harry's. <laughs> we should have gotten Deutschmarks because yeah. they are so hard to find. <laughs> what is this play? What is Monopoly money? They're like, the Euros. Perfect, acceptable European tender. Despite your savory, we are prepared to buy it from you right now. In cash. Big deal. Suitcase full of Monopoly money? <laughs> come on, those are euros. What's that like? Pesos? <laughs> yeah, come on. That is legal European tender. See, I told you we should have brought Deutschmarks. They are so hard no, to no, find. Those are not. I told you we should have gotten Deutschmarks. They're so difficult to find. I also do like the training montage with the... Uh, um, with the Germans and they come in and when the messenger like brings them the bottle of beer or whatever and he's like yup I'm the only one yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like what's that about don't shoot the messenger Just absolutely ridiculous Operation Steingraba oh man no I I have like all, all probably the they're, yeah they're so good every single like every scene has at the beginning the first beer fest oh you guys fancy yourselves drinkers oh maybe a little bit I mean we just beat the Irish so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I could say I would put the ZJ at the top and then everything Will Forte says right after that in turn yeah. in, in terms of like memorability and total recall i want to get some shine on when they go get landfill from the eating contest they talk about uh, landfill stint in prison landfill says made some friends went muslim praise allah and now i'm out yes. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> oh oh god let's uh let's take a quick ad break and then get back with the most authentic and least authentic we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Most authentic and least authentic parts of this movie. Even in a movie about drinking beer, you can find some realism. You can find some authenticity. Caroline, is there a most authentic part of this movie for you? I think it's just Barry being blackout and just like what we talked about, where it's just like, hey, looking good. <laughs> and thinking you're being like so smooth. Let me get you out of the dry clothes and do a wet martini. <laughs> martini. <laughs> um, and the buddy's like, trying, like, are you sure you want to leave? And they're like, yeah, man, she's hot. <laughs> I mean, again, potentially the most realistic scene in movie history. Like, I just, I feel that this is, yes, I'd, I'd love that. Um, that's probably my most authentic. Like, that felt uh, relatable to these two. <laughs> Caroline actually swayed me because that would have been my answer before, but she reminded me. That scene where I believe it's Todd chugs the Goldschlager, like everyone. And again, you saying those guys met in college reminded me, like, I distinctly remember this point, like my sophomore year of college, where we had just been chugging Natty Lights nonstop for like, you know, eight semesters, you know, eight semesters at this point or whatever it was. And all of a sudden you get to this point where I am not drunk enough and I am too full and you turn full time to the saving light of hard liquor and it just hits you like a freight train and you're reminded because at that point it's like grain alcohol and the worst shit on earth but it hits like a ton of bricks compared to the piss water that you've been drinking and that moment for me was just like yes that is the one where we all make that business decision and it goes exactly like it went for him beer before liquor never been sicker Mm. things changed for the group when we discovered rumple mints like hey this stuff tastes like mouthwash and is a hundred proof let's have a great night everybody can we take a moment of appreciation for the run that goldschlager had between this and uh super super bad back to back <laughs> yeah. years yeah like it was on a goldschlager was they were like yes 
Is it really true that part of the reason it got you so messed up is because the gold flakes actually cut you up a little bit? And so the alcohol got to your bloodstream faster because that was always the propaganda that was fed to me was that much like in chewing tobacco, the reason they put fiberglass in it is so that it gives you small cuts in your lip so that the nicotine gets in faster. I was told that the gold in there was for that same purpose. I have heard the same rumor. It's canon now. Yeah. (laughs) It's God. Can I mean, okay, here's the question. That was the last thing you had Rumbleman. Can you drink Rumble now? Oh, that'd be that'd be tough. I remember on my twenty first birthday. <laughs> well, that's a good. So start. my twenty, yeah. <laughs> oh, my twenty. Well, my twenty first birthday was actually not as big a deal because we would always go to this bar that had ten cent beers on Tuesday nights. Ten cent Tuesday. It was a huge thing, and I had so been going. Drink special sound date. Isn't that a John Mulaney thing where he's like, sometimes you hear about a drink special that just sounds dangerous. Yeah. Like, nickel shots. Oh, it, it was it was <laughs> it was ten cent beers until eleven, and so we would get there at like eight thirty. And I had been going to Ten Cent Tuesday for like a year using a fake ID. So my birthday on a Tuesday, I go, I go to pull out my brand new twenty one year old ID, and the bouncer goes, "I know you, man, just go." And so I didn't even get to yeah. show my ID, but someone bought me a shot that he called a spark plug that was. Ooh. Half Rumplemints and half 151. Ooh. And I, I think that was the last time I've had Rumplemints on purpose. I think I just got a little drunk hearing you say that. It was tough. Oh, that was tough. Ugh. Another big question. When are we doing super bad? <laughs> that movie's <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> say the that word. movie is important. That movie I, is very I'm, important. It, that movie... I just like I don't like I legit don't have work and it's just so funny. Um, it's it's fantastic, iconic, just, absolutely yeah. iconic it's, movie. It's like encased in amber. It's it's still yeah. a perfect movie. I don't know yes. what anyone says. Yeah, because like this this movie is definitely. I'd be curious for someone that has never watched this movie to watch it for the first time in 2022. Would they respond the same way? to all of the comedy in this one. Super bad. I do not have to ask those questions. Super bad is going to be the same in 20 years, the same as it is now. It's like you said, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. This one is certainly of a time. There were parts that I forgot existed definitely in this movie. Cause it, I don't think I'd seen it since like 2008 or nine. Like, and again, we talked about it before we started, but for some reason when I was at the beach with my family, like back in the spring, like last summer, um something came up and i was like talking about it beer fest came up and my uncle hadn't seen it and i was like you haven't seen beer oh it's hilarious like you should have like watch it and now when i just watched it today i was like oh what did i do <laughs> like, but i think i remember him saying like he said he loved he thought it was hilarious like he actually got a kick out of it so that's like at least one like i think it's just so because i also think that super troopers holds up because it's also the same t- this is a movie that i think you have to be in a mood for like Oh yeah. If you you have to go into that with like this is you have to be in peak watch a comedy mood. Like there are comedies I think you can put on or see at any moment where you're like that's hilarious. And I think super bad's like that. Um for me that's also like uh role models or easy A. Like no matter what mood I'm in like those are going to make me laugh. But you have to be in like a stupid silly mood to like really get the full experience of like a beer fest or a super troopers like and that's when the that's when the there's always like I think different ones too where like 
it's funny during and the quotes hit and all this stuff. And then there's also movies that like, like Napoleon Dynamite, I didn't laugh a ton the first time I watched it, but I quoted the hell out of that movie. You know, it wasn't one that you're like, oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, or people would tell you it was hilarious. You'd go see it. And you, I remember leaving and I was going to like text my friend Aubrey and be like, dude, what are you? That was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then I found myself saying like, your mom goes to college to people like all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get it. So I think that's like, part of it is that you have to be in the right mood and the silliness and just frank absurdity of it. Where I think that it doesn't necessarily tell like a coming of age story like it does with like, you could hide, be- not hide behind, but that you could find in something like Superbad. Well, and I think yeah, like well, you brought up a lot of those, like I think would fall under the guise of like a layered comedy. Like I remember when Anchorman and those movies were coming out, like that got pointed out a lot that sometimes you'd be so busy laughing at the big joke that you'd miss like the three or four other things. And so those were always great second or third watches. Like yeah. this one's got layers, but it meets you at the starting line. Like it's going <laughs> to make sure you get every fastball coming right down the plate. So you can hit this out of the park. Like you don't have to worry about taking pitches with this movie. Yeah. Like rolling into what worked about it is if this is a movie, it's not like kind of like Carolyn was saying, it's not like super bad where it's a little deeper and it's going to resonate with people. Like if you watch, if you see super bad in high school, it's going to resonate with you forever. And you're going to see a lot of stuff. This one, like if this is your kind of movie, if this is your kind of humor, humor, this, this one is going to hit for me, hit for you, no matter when you watch it. Cause it like, it doesn't miss like it's, it's got, it, it knows it's got like these, we've got these 20 to 30, powerhouse gags that if you're a person who can get into some fucking weird off the wall humor, you're going to love this shit. And like it, this movie laughing. does not try to be something else. It it knows what it is. It really doesn't even try to like, doesn't try to get serious in any regard. And I think the it, way to its benefit. This movie is NBA jams. It is threes and dunks. That is all this yes. movie is. It, yeah. Like your point, like we had these conversations about when we were doing rom-com month on here with a number of movies, like some of them are genre benders. You're not quite sure where they fall in. No, this is a comedy. We are here to tell the funniest jokes possible with dildos and frog jizz and shoes full of piss and all the above. It is NBA jams. It is he's on fire and wild two on two dunks devoid of any other depth. There are no <laughs> real stakes, yes. which is no. very important. I mean, and that's, no that's stakes saying, like, at all. The, I thought it, was, it is so funny to me, the unnecessary, well, I guess like it uses a rallying point, but the unnecessary death of landfill just to like- It's one of the best things ever. It is and so this, like great. It is incredible. Like, I cannot explain to you enough how much, <laughs> how stupid funny that is and that they just are like, you can I can almost hear them in the writer's room or whatever, like all these buddies from college. They're like, what if we have landfill killed <laughs> in a vat of beer? But then we still like just bring back a cousin who looks just like him. And we'll just be like, oh, he told me all about you. Let's just move on. And everyone's just like, okay, great. Like, they just meet it head on in the movie and accept exactly like, in that moment. There's no stakes. Like the guy dies and they just literally bring him back as like a different you can even call me landfill like it's just it's so stupid and it makes me it just kills me every time it's just so funny i just could not get i don't want to gloss just, over when right before landfill gets killed when he shows up crying about his his wife leaving him he's like she left me and took the kids and they're like hey, you have kids did you know he had kids <laughs> none of them have any idea i was gonna say there's a point later too where they're like 
we all trained for this. We lost our jobs. Like our wives kicked us out. Like all this. Where they list all these like real world consequences from them training for a year to just drink. <laughs> and it's just like a throwaway line. But yeah, you have kids. Did you know he had kids? That is to to quote a friend of the podcast Spencer Hall. That's a big dude's rock moment where it's like, well, yeah, of course they didn't know he had kids. Why was that relevant to what they were all doing? They were here to drink beer and have a good time and figure out how to win this international fight club beer drinking contest. Like they didn't need to know any of that useless information like that. And that is like a testament to adult male friendship. Like unless there is a woman in the room to help us facilitate deeper conversation, we are going to default to this shit. I see it happen with guys that I have known for 15 years. And if one of the wives walks out of the room, we're just looking at the baby. Like what's going on here? What do we do? It's like, Oh, Mike, what does your friend do? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> That's my most authentic part, really, is like everyone has a landfill, too. Like, he, what's your your friend landfill? Like, what does he do? Oh, he, he loves beer. Like that's that's a that's the guy's personality trait. We all have the one buddy who, like, the main thing you know about him is like, yeah, you just you can all you know you call him. He'll always meet you at the bar. Like he's all you know. He's oh man, you should have seen him that one night where he you know he, he drank an entire case of beer by himself. Like everyone's got that landfill in their life. Oh my god, I just realized who mine was. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's my buddy Ringle. Like. He is, he is always the best time for years. He was in one of our friends. And I mean, this is seven years after we left college. He was still in someone's phone as party man Ringle. Like that was, amazing. you, you knew exactly where he was going to be. He was everyone's best friend. And to this day, like I am getting ready to share a hotel with him at a wedding coming up in May. And it's going to be the best time because he's there. I yeah. love that. My, uh, my landfill is my buddy fish who uh, we would do a thing called the wild side challenge, which is you take a 40 and you throw on wild side by Motley Crue. And then you have to finish the 40 by the time the song is over. And fish was the only person who always finished his 40. That's incredible. So yeah, I think you asked me in the beginning and I didn't have a good answer, but I think my buddy Graham is probably my, he's like my, the best drinker I know. And like, it always feels weird to be like, oh, he's the best drinker. Like, he's like the best dude ever. I think that's the common theme with these people that we're listing or like good people. It's the thing we we were talking about. Yeah. It's the thing we were talking about though, about is drinking a sport. Like pros are different. Like you say, oh, the best drinker ever. Like there are guys who can throw down beer that is like Patrick Mahomes throwing a football. It's just different out of the hand. Like Graham's a dude that would show up. I would have like, lacrosse watch parties for like postseason when i was living out in like outside of outside of seattle in the squadron and like the games would come on at noon so the 9 a.m there and i'd be like graham do you want to come over and watch like virginia cornell with me <laughs> and he's like sure like i'd make breakfast and we'd have mimosas <laughs> and he'd be like all right and then i'd be like graham virginia's playing oregon like down at oregon do you want to come to a basketball game with me he's like all right cool like he was the guy that was always like <laughs> All right, we made best friends with this woman named Sherry, who like was in the first class of women at UVA, and she just like would drink scotch neat. And we we're like, oh. she's the coolest woman. Ever. She got her nose pierced, like just a small one, when she would like turn seventy. Like I'm telling you, this is the coolest woman you have ever met. Like she was like the coolest lady, and we like partied with her all day to the point where we we're like, okay, Sherry, we're gonna get you a room at the hotel we're staying at, just because we can't let you leave. Like we, like we now have partied with you to the point like we can't let you like drive anywhere 
So like, we kept her keys. <laughs> like, Sherry would have done great at beer fest. Yeah, I can say Sherry She's like the coolest lady ever. So that was good. Was... Like that's the guy. Like you have to the person that you called and you're like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And they're like, the person's like, absolutely, I do. What does any of that mean? <laughs> I, I to to like the larger point in all of that of drinking being a sport. I just looked at the last text message from my guy Ringle. And we always talk about how being in football shape is different than being in normal shape was the line going into training camp. And he texts me and he goes, I might be in the best drinking shape of my life since college. <laughs> that was, that was at 8 29 PM last night. Drinking <laughs> shape. <a> <laughs> drinking shape is a real thing. And there's different, there's different stages of drinking shape too. There's like competitive drinking shape. There's like, I can take down a, a ton of wine drinking shape. Like it's got different, you know, facets. It's like, I've been doing a lot of cardio lately, or I've been lifting some weights lately. It's the same thing with drinking. Uh, it, it makes sense that these guys have to train in this movie, like deeply authentic drinking movie. This one, it also yeah. has a banger soundtrack, by the way, like if we talk about what works a lot of heat in here. Uh, every rose has its storm <laughs> after, uh, after <laughs> landfill dies. Yes. <laughs> Oh. that's excellent that's excellent work chef's kiss oh my god always works always works is there anything else that worked about this one that we have not talked about oh it's, i think it's just great like it's great yeah i i, I and again like a lot of it's like i don't know I, i'm willing to give these guys enough credit to say that most of the stereotypes that they play with this in, in this movie are done from the perspective of like this is what the guys of like a very like baseless American would think of Europe if you asked him to just draw these things up, knowing that they're not true. But again, this yeah. movie is operating from the lowest common denominator that is these guys just stumbling drunk through their semi-German heritage. Just a bunch of caricatures. That's like, that's, I think Eurotrip is the best. At, like Eurotrip used to bother me a ton because I was like, these are all just the terrible stereotypes you get from. And then I realized like, that was the point of what they were doing like with a lot of the stereotypes in the movie. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like, all right, I'm tracking, you know? So I think, yeah, I agree. It's the same type of. I still ride so hard for Eurotrip. I love, I love Eurotrip still so much. Uh, I will say this one for a movie that came out in 2006 and we've had like a reckoning and culture of what's acceptable since then pretty holds up pretty well. Not really. I didn't, there was, I can't think of anything on top of my head that you were like, ee, they might do that differently. Cause I, I think again, like a lot of stereotypes are the drinking songs for the British and the odd, like the Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. like those were all pretty like, um, the only one that I would look at and I wonder if they would do now would be the eye of the Jew. Like, I don't know yeah. if you could get away with that as much now. And <laughs> like, about that. we have moved on. Like this still had, it's like a reprise when wedding crashers came out of just yes. the scene with lots of boobs at the beginning. I yeah. was going to say, yeah, like, that's gratuitous, very gratuitous boobs. Yeah. Yeah. That was, just a very, like, that was a very timely 2006, 2007 I don't have to reach very far and I don't know this accurately, but I would imagine the, um, the and twins Coors light campaign was probably going on and it probably had its Super Bowl moment around the same time. Like that was, that was I forgot probably about that. Oh yeah. And twins. It, yep. It, that, that was a national phenomenon. Yes. Well, that takes up space in my brain. You guys like that. <laughs> 
is in there. Oh, I mean, I can still, like, I love football on TV, shots of Gina Lee hanging with my friends and twins. Like, I, and twins. I love burritos at 4 a.m., parties that never end, dogs that love cats, and twins. And twins. And I love you, too. Here's the football. <laughs> like, it's just... It's there. It is there carved into my soul. And I don't love it, but it's me. I just scared the foster dog. She was like, what? Sorry, buddy. Found the next clip. This I was going to say, like, <laughs> just beautiful oh, work. Oh, oh my God. I'm so God. proud of you. That was excellent. I have <laughs> one thing that didn't work about this one, actually. Mm-hmm. I just feel one, like you could, one thing. I feel like you could have tried. I feel like you could have trimmed off like 10, 15 minutes. I remember when we were doing rom-com month, a lot of those movies, tight 90. Tight 90, tight 100 minutes. I think this is a movie, especially if it's made now, is probably a tight 90. Takes yeah, a while I mean, to get to beer fest, get to the yeah. plot. There, there's probably some fat you can cut. I mean, I'm not completely like, I watched the unrated version, which has like an extra 10, 10 minutes, like, not complaining, but probably in in retrospect, probably a little long. I think there was definitely a time when I was I was kind of like, I feel like this has been on for a little bit. So I, I feel like that I think one of the, the most outrageous I mean if like if we're talking outrageous, like in the doesn't work, like this is just so absurd that blah blah blah. It's probably like the Rams P and the when they when don't again, Cloris Leachman, Oscar winner, just given the best work with the sausages <laughs> just an absurd scene like that's one where i'm just like oh my god y'all seriously like went for it with this one too well, <laughs> the fact that they also had to actually go back and be sure no we're gonna watch young her have sex in this barn like <laughs> it's like it's this huge a... plot reveal that like yeah. actually their grandfather the donald sutherland's the real heir to the beer throne it's just so like again it it's not, it's definitely not, I'm not saying like, oh, it doesn't work. Like, those are just the most absurd moments for me where it's just like, you guys. I will say the one that Miss did like miss for me where I was like, based on this point in the movie, I would have expected something funnier was when they did that like huddle up before the final boot thing. When he's like, this is the time where they put it up. Like there was never really a punchline that landed in that part. It just kind of felt like a space filler. And I was like, based on the way the rest of this movie's gone, I thought one like a funny one-liner could have come somewhere in that moment that didn't. Yeah, or even like even like something slapsticky, like one of those guys pukes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> just anything. <laughs> okay, so on the subject of Cloris, like Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character, Oscar winner, legend, Cloris Leachman, like. <laughs> I need to know how this was pitched to her. And also like when she got the script and read the line, it's the mark of the whore. (laughs) You said you got that when you were kicked by a horse. (laughs) Kicked by a Clydesdale. (laughs) Mark of the whore. (laughs) Oh yeah. That is true. I think there's like, there needs to be like, I don't know if we like do or would call them like e true Hollywood stories or like what was the equivalent of a behind the music, but I would love a documentary just about 
like Oscar, like Academy Award winning actors and actresses when they were pitched their most absurd role, what that looked like and what the initial reception was, because this would be an all timer. We want you to fondle the hell. We want you to jerk this sausage. Yeah, (laughs) I could fit fit at least nine inches. (laughs) It's just so absurd. I mean, and this leads to her being on the roast of Bob Saget again, another RIP, and just saying that she's there to fuck John Stamos, which is incredible. (laughs) She, what was that? Um, that TV show she was on with the kid, uh, recently, like the last show she was on, um, it was like a sitcom on. This is the worst. Sorry, I'm like taking edit this out. (laughs) I'm 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 pulling up the IMDb right now to try and and for some reason. And I have God's Save slowest internet. <laughs> um, um, I will say, I think my, latest? I don't know if it, yeah, Chorus Leach went, it was a TV show. I guess I could. I don't even, I don't even remember. <laughs> For me, she fell off. It was like after the Bob Saget roast. It was like, oh, she's a legend. I don't, I don't know what she's up to now, but I hope she's doing Grandpapa? well. And then she passed away. Teachers? <laughs> she, was, Grandpapa. she was gorgeous, um, by the way. Oh, I mean, yeah. Chorus Leachman was a showstopper. Yeah, maybe oh, wow. the show wasn't that recent. I'm learning as I raising hope. <laughs> Sorry, that ended oh. in 2014. Good job, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like a couple years ago. <laughs> 2014 is one of those years that feels like, again, like based on my understanding of time now, that was last year. Right? Oh, yeah. I went today looking for, I was trying to figure out what, the April schedule is going to be. And I was like, I'm going to look at movies that are having their 10 year anniversary this April. So movies from 2012, let me tell you that hurt. That hurt seeing what's, what's 10 years old now. I'm not even going to enlighten everybody. That that messes me up because June is my 10 year college anniversary that I'm going to. So I am am these movies. That is, that is tough. She she was in, she was (laughs) in like Placid too. A TV movie. My God. I, need to- I mean, Her- you, you she- needed to pick up those checks at some point. Like, you, you just have to, you got to start working. There was that great, there was that incredible GQ profile in Nicolas Cage to drop this week oh, where God. he just completely like owns that he was like, I was in, I was in a ton of debt. I had a bunch of bills. I was trying to keep my mom out of a mental institution. And like, I just, he like owns up to, I took every single one of those video on demand movies and I gave it hell. Like, I gave it my best. And like, I am I am about ready to get like his face tattooed to my chest. Like I am so in on <laughs> Nicolas Cage. It is unbelievable. And I will say, say <laughs> I, I will say the first episode of next month is gonna be a Nicolas Cage movie. I am not opposed to just making a Nicolas Cage month. Connor, so. Connor, Connor, Buddy, Connor, Connor. Do not tempt me because I <laughs> am me with a good all in. <laughs> Ooh, I, I think Ooh, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. Like legitimately, like Let- I, MC Ganey, we mentioned this in this movie. Con Air is like legit one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I'm not even killing. Like I, I cannot not watch that movie if it's ever on. Um, what is the one that I'm trying to? Uh, and listen, Wicker stopping Man. a plane. Did you ever full see of- the Wicker Man? Oh yeah, when he, yeah, oh yeah, the ending when he gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I am. Sorry, I am so in on just so much Nicholas Cage. Like I just showed Grayson national treasure for the first time. And boy, that was a treat. Just still the declaration of independence. <laughs> an iconic, an iconic line. Like 
it, there's just so <laughs> much perfect in there. The first time I ever went to the Texas State Fair, I remember looking to my left at one point and seeing one of those large hit the basketball in the impossible hoop games. And on the side of it was like a 20 foot mural of Nicolas Cage from Con Air. Beautiful. Like, it, it was just everything that that entire environment was supposed to be. Yeah. It is a shame that great. this movie could not catch him at like, this is right after, right, or I guess right before he starts taking all those video on demand roles. This would have been a really good, you could throw like Nicolas Cage in beer fest. Great cameo. That would have been. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I think if it's not Cloris Leachman, it has to be Will Forte for me. I think it is Will Forte. Like, I don't know if he counts as a pinch hitter award miss, like, but yeah, every single yeah. thing he said was hilarious. Every single thing. So good. The whole German team, like I, I texted you guys this. I'm, I might have more Eric Christian Olsen stock than I think anyone in the world because not another teen movie is extremely important to me. Like, I think that movie is hilarious. Like Chris Evans is fucking hilarious. Unbelievably in funny. In that. Like so good. And, and Eric Christian Olsen is very good too. And someone market corrected him. And I don't know who it is. I don't know why. Like I, I looked, he's on, um, NC one of the NCIS, NCIS Los get, Angeles. Yeah, he's getting the network money. Like he's good. Probably lives in a really nice house. Like lives a nice life. That's great for him. But like there was more in the tank. Not really sure why it didn't work. But I I always love seeing him in this. Yeah, I was just was really funny. happy when I did the IMD IMDb deep dive to find. I was sitting there the whole time. Amateur. I was like, I was like, I recognized this guy from somewhere, and he was one of the other slaves in Gladiator, Ralph Moeller. Oh hell yeah! I was like, oh yeah, yes. he was the giant ass guy in that one oh. that helped him get out of there. So that was all I needed. That was like the six degrees of separation. I knew he looked familiar, and I felt so. Vindicated. I spent the whole movie trying to figure that out. I was like, I know him. He's been in something else, and I could not figure it out. Shout oh, yeah. out to uh, also. Mo- Monique in this one is Cherry. Cherry. <laughs> she's Cherry. Secret oh, Agent man. Cherry. Secret uh. Agent Cherry. Okay, so the big chill. This is not a movie that you would think has a big chill moment, but I found myself getting to the point where when the referee, who the referee also, a name that I just, Philippi Brennan Kamaya? I don't know. That's, that, that seems to be his name. Uh, when he, when they tie it up, it's when it's tied up three, three. And he says, you know what that means? And like, I got up in my chair and I was like, Das boot. I got super into it. Like kind of a big chill. The Das boot thing still resonates. Like that is still a big fucking deal. I actually really, that actually legitimately gave me the, I got the chills in a movie where a guy masturbates a frog. We've, we've twice, we've reached peak twice. <laughs> <laughs> the second time we didn't talk about the second time he jerks off the frog and then he just so gets gross. frog whatever all over his glasses and then he licks it <laughs> he just all, and then he looks around to make sure no one saw I'm a respected member of the science community. God. Anyone else have a big chill moment? I think the like initial introduction to beer fest when the British guy is like explaining it and he goes, it's beer fest, isn't it? And like anytime a British person says in it, I'm always going to do it. But just the whole scene, like you walk in and there's heavy metal music playing and it's kind of chaos. 
And then you just pull back the camera and you kind of have this understanding now of what this is all going to be about. And I thought it just, it made it seem very big. Like weirdly enough, when they pan back later in the movie, it's a lot like Cameron indoor. When you actually go there, it's very small, but when you see it on TV and when you kick in all this rivalry, it feels larger than life. This was the Cameron indoor of back alley beer drinking tournaments. Now I can top that because of the title of the movie and the thing. It's like you know how in in Jurassic Park you're just yes. waiting for the first time the T Rex. <laughs> Whatever you the that, question like, is, the answer is yeah. <laughs> you know, in Jurassic Park. Yep. <laughs> the first time you, the first time the T Rex roars, it's the same thing in oh. Godzilla. Like you're waiting for that moment. That's kind of like Beer Fest in a movie where you're you're like. There's this expectation this moment is going to happen. You go into the movie, you know, at least one time you are going to get introduced to this and like it lives up to it in in perfect fashion. Like Beer Fest is exactly what I wanted it to be, the actual event of Beer Fest. And for it being something where it's like, you know, beer drinking, I think even the last relay with the boots and like the turn them upside down and the dramatic drip of the one (laughs) drop of beer. Yeah, and the other guy's like, ah. I think even that is done to a point where I don't think that necessarily was a big chill for me, but like, I think for the dramatic sports side of things, I think that part was pretty well done. Like it's a hilarious way to like have it be close. And like this thing that happens, I I enjoyed that immensely. Before more restore prequel, sequel or remake at the end, they did do the pot fest tease thing. I would be out on a pot fest actually, I would take a sequel of this. If they just did Beer Fest 2, I'm I'm like they said hundred dollars. Here's Beer Fest 2. I would pay that hundred dollars. Yeah. Same, it, I mean, same cast. Same cast, a bunch more cameos. I would Nick Cage. I would probably be in for it. Nick Cage, yeah, Nick Cage is in it. I would probably be in for it. Mike? I would hundred percent go sequel. And I think I, I think a big part of it would be for me even more of Will Forte and the German-led team, I think you could call back to the we just beat the Irish and have someone like of note come and be the leader or the captain of the Irish team that reasserts themselves in this. And then, of course, the Brits. Like, give me more of them. So, yeah, this is sequel all the way. You could do the Anchorman street fight thing, the news team fight, where every team has, like, a famous head. Like, one of them is Vince Vaughn. One of them is Ben Stiller. Like, let's go. let's go for it. You're the first time you saw that scene. I that is one of the movies that like I remember the theater, who I was with, where I was sitting. Just like like Tim Robbins is in this movie. <laughs> I forgot about that. Dorothy Mansion. Like that's been wrong, but like still like it's just like the most re- oh man, that movie's fantastic. And I, I, I mean say- Paul Rudd and oh, I mean, no notes. I will say it also gave birth to, I think, the greatest modern creation in ESPN history when Michael Smith and Jamel Hill did the recreation of that with all ESPN cast members for the (laughs) open of His and Hers one day. It's when they used to do like movie-themed opens and they took a bunch of different people. Like they used Dad and Greenie from the morning show. They had ESPN Deportes. Like they had the Sports Center crew. It was inc- if anyone hasn't seen it, I pray it's I still on YouTube. It, <laughs> it is I, I, to this day. I I, have, I I think I've said as much to Michael and Jamel. I think that's the greatest thing that ESPN produced in like the 21st century. 
That's amazing. That's inc- I have not seen that. That is incredible. Yeah, I'm watching that as soon as we're done recording. Oh, yeah, that's that is amazing. fantastic. So your oh. your dad had to absolutely love doing that. Oh, was was thrilled. I mean, that was the cool kids table when I got to ESPN was if you got asked to be in one of Michael and Jamel's remakes of one of the movies that they were going to use for the open of his and hers. I mean, two just extraordinarily cool people in general. Speaking on the Anchorman thing, though, it is it's kind of a shame that we never got any sort of cross pollination, at least to what I'm thinking of the broken lizard group. And then like the Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, Judd Apatow, that, that whole thing. There never seemed, I mean, broken lizard really, they did, they go super troopers. They did this, they did club dread or whatever, which was kind of like, whatever they did the super trooper sequel a couple of years ago, but it's kind of, it's, it's been kind of sparse. Like, yeah. well, I feel like there was more, there was more ammo there. Like I would kind of line up to go see whatever they're going to do. Yeah. I, I think in the prequel sequel remake for me, I think I'd straddle the remake sequel line, like in a sense where it's like maybe the original guys are like they their kids go do something simply you know, like it's like a Ooh. generational like defending the like the title type thing. Um <laughs> um but like you know and i don't know i wish i could like was more awake to think about like who i would have cast right now um that would be like the i killer have learned cast doing for- the oh, show you know who should that- be in it glenn powell <laughs> oh wow hell. yeah yeah i mean holy i don't care shit. who else is in it <laughs> <laughs> it's glenn powell it's fine it's fine but yeah, I just, like that's what I mean. Like you could do something where it's a more updated. Um, but I also like the idea of like bringing a different, like making it a bigger thing. I just think that that would be um, so so much fun. <laughs> I mean, again, gonna leave you guys with the same homework as rom com month. Go watch Everybody Wants Some. <laughs> the Glenn the the Glenn Powell Everybody Wants Some is like, I mean, it's it's pure sex. Like it's just the guy, the guy is just throwing 194 miles an hour. Like cutters Soon on the black. Top gun too. Soon yeah. Top Gun 2 will come out. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we've done the thing that we did at the end of all the rom-com month episodes where we've, at the end, we just tangented out. Like we're talking about Glenn Powell. We're talking we about got Top it back Gun. Always top gun. We, we did. If you're playing bingo for this particular group of people on this podcast, we have Caroline Flight School story and somehow getting this back to Top Gun by the end of all of it. We are nothing if not remarkably consistent. And I will say, that's, the, I planned on using the Flight School reference because that's how this movie like resonates with me. The bringing it back to Top Gun was legit just in the moment, like <laughs> complete nonsense. Bringing it back to Top Gun was not a plan. It's not something I come into these thinking like, how am I going to get this back to Top Gun? <laughs> Listen, it, it it's natural. It just yeah. comes natural. Just got it. Beer Fest, Top Gun. Guys, this was great. Caroline, where can the people follow you? You find me on Twitter at CW Darney. We got a lot of dog content, um, which really, what else do you need? So let's stick with that. A lot of sweet pups there. Yeah. Mike? At Mike Golick Jr. on Twitter and Instagram. I will probably get drunk and cook something soon because that's all I've got to do for right now. Nothing better. Nothing better. 
And uh, if you enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, and leave a review. If you want to vote on a movie that is going to be covered next month in April, just like Beer Fest was, you can join the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash bigscreensports. If you're a baseball fan, go check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that's presented by Baseball America next week, talking to Dallas Braden, the one and only Dallas Braden. Great dude. Great episode. Check that one out. We'll catch you on Big Screen Sports next Monday. Thanks for listening.